Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Many of us know that valerian root, ashwagandha, chamomile, and melatonin are helpful in delivering a good night's rest, but how about CBN? My next guest is widely regarded for his expertise in cannabis research and is CEO and president at Medical Marijuana. That's the first publicly traded cannabis company in the United States. Joining me now is Dr. Stuart Titus. Welcome to the NutriCast, Dr. Titus. Well, it's great to be with you today. Hope all is well. All is well here. Can you tell us about what is CBN for those who may not know? Yes, so CBN cannabinol has uh, recently been introduced to uh, U.S. and world markets. Uh, it's something that uh, had been known for quite a while, but not necessarily available in commercial quantities. And now many uh, progressive uh, hemp growers, particularly here in the U.S., are uh, growing hemp in a large quantity and particularly uh, interested in helping the plant to express uh, many of these minor cannabinoids to a much larger degree where they might be commercially available. So uh, cannabinoids such as cannabigerol, CBG, are now becoming in, available in commercial quantities, as are cannabinoids such as CBN, and particularly when it's derived from hemp, it is federally legal. Uh, CBN can also be a byproduct of THC or marijuana production. Uh, over time, THC will tend to degrade into CBN, uh, so CBN has slight amount of psychoactive effect, but uh, nonetheless, it is regarded as the most sedating or relaxing of all the cannabinoids. Okay, so we're starting to see that a little bit more in some of the sleep products that are coming out. What are some of the pharmacokinetics of CBN? Well, CBN acts uh, a little bit more like THC does. It has a more direct, let's say, a lock and key effect on your uh, CB1 receptors uh, in the brain. And of course, with THC, this causes the intoxicating or the um, high type effect that you experience. Uh, though uh, CBN uh, it doesn't really confer quite the high that you'll experience with THC, but nonetheless, it has these relaxing central nervous system, relaxing type tendencies that uh, certainly many people find very useful for relaxation as well as sleep. Mm -hmm. And I'm noticing it's becoming more popular. Is that because people are becoming more aware of it or does it have something to do with the commercial supply? Well, I think uh, first it does have to do with the commercial supply, certainly uh, product uh, being available, uh, being cannabis-based product. Many people are going to try it and use it. And it's been great to see so many people getting uh, some wonderful benefit with it. The CBN, for someone who's not a regular cannabis user, can have a slight effect like THC. Some uh, new to THC might, uh, especially if they're using edible type of products, uh, might uh, overdose a little bit because you don't feel the effect immediately. It takes, you know, sometimes an hour, an hour and a half for the full effect to uh, set in. So instead of having just a bite of a cookie, uh, someone may have an entire cookie and then may have a second one. And all of a sudden, after about an hour, they get a little bit of anxiousness or paranoia, which uh, can come with some new first-time users. And similarly, uh, someone who takes a little bit too much uh, CBN the first time may have that type of effect, kind of an inverse or what we might call a paradoxical effect. But uh, by and large, those are people who are regular cannabis users using CBN will really help them to 
relax and sleep. And it's been nice to see that some of the uh, CBN products will also contain some of the beneficial chemical compounds or terpenes that are normally found in various types of uh, cannabis and marijuana products, things such as myrcene or linalool will combine very nicely with your CBN to provide this wonderful central nervous system relaxing type effect. Does it pair well with other cannabinoids? Um, it will uh, pair very nicely. Uh, many people use it in combination with THC or particularly with CBD just for uh, the relaxation type effect. Uh, I think uh, one of the top uses for CBD, according to uh, some of the research uh, done by Consumer Reports, is uh, people using CBD to help counter stress or nervousness, or it might be considered more of a medical condition, but certainly anxiety. Uh, the anti-anxiety type properties have been well-known and well-researched, and of course, we don't want to make any medical claims, but certainly uh, many people are having great benefit in uh, reducing stress and nervousness from various social situations or just overall day of life activities. So certainly these non-psychoactive cannabinoids are having a great impact. And certainly it's been wonderful to see the growth and emergence of this market. So, you know, we're not uh, competing one-on-one -on -one with the THC markets just yet, but over time, uh, certainly we're taking a larger and larger share of the overall cannabis pie. Okay. And what does research show so far for CBN's potential to promote sleep and maybe other benefits? Well, I've seen some nice uh, research from a uh, steep hill laboratory group uh, out of California, and uh, they report that the uh, consumption of uh, two and a half to five milligrams of CBN has the same level of uh, sedation as a pharmaceutical sedative. Uh, this might be uh, similar to five or 10 milligrams of diazepam for example. So certainly there's some great potential uh, benefit for those people who respond and react well to uh, CBN. I'm quite excited about a future study. There are a couple of uh, studies going on overseas in the Netherlands, as well as in Switzerland. There are studies now going on with CBN and looking at uh, sleep issues with many people who have sleep difficulties. Yeah, your company recently expanded into the CBN market. Has it been a big seller? And what's been the reaction so far from some of your customers? Yeah, it's been great to expand our portfolio and getting into more of these minor cannabinoids, which, you know, a few years ago, you talk about CBD and maybe only one in 10 people that you interview or speak with would even know what it was, much less know anything about it. Now, current population is very well educated on non-psychoactive cannabinoids, on CBD, et cetera. And over time, we really believe that this dialogue is going to continue forward with a good 10 or 12 of these new up-and-coming minor cannabinoids becoming more into the dialogue. So certainly, we're quite excited to have uh, sleep aid. Of course, health and wellness really rests significantly, or your body's immune system rests very significantly on the quality of sleep that you get. And, uh, you know, if you're not uh, sleeping well, you're going to be somewhat immune compromised. You're going to be somewhat agitated. Your brain's not going to be as focused and as clear as if you've had a good night's sleep. So certainly there's some great science uh, behind this. And of course, for us to be able to bring forth a nice product has been wonderful. Uh, we've also brought a nice uh, CBG cannabigerol to uh, U.S. and world markets recently as well. More of these minor cannabinoids coming into the forefront, and they're pairing very, very well with CBD. And what about other ingredients like valerian or melatonin? Do those go well with CBN? 
Yes, it's still uh, a little early uh, to make a definitive analysis or statement on that. I'd love to have more clinical data to support that, but it does seem from what we're hearing anecdotally from our uh, people in the field, that yes, and of course, many uh, other people in the industry are reporting that, uh, yes, some of the more uh, well-known attributes herbs that help people to rest and sleep well uh, will pair very, very well. Again, this CBN is a, a natural botanical remedy and all. And so certainly when you're doing these natural things to the body, you're not having the unwanted side effects that you do with uh, some of the you know pharmaceutically developed sleep aids, what they might call the ambient hangover. Mm-hmm. So not only do you get a good night's sleep, but you don't really have that sluggishness the next morning in many cases. And certainly uh, many people enjoy that. Definitely. And I know a lot of people are focusing on immune health. And like you mentioned, immunity and uh, sleep support do go hand in hand. Are you noticing that more people are focusing on sleep to benefit their immune health? Well, I really think they are. And uh, certainly uh, with you know our immune system, uh, and our health and wellness being at the forefront of the world dialogue today with the unfortunate advent of this uh, COVID virus. Uh, Certainly, we're all trying to do everything we can to uh, keep ourselves safe and protected. And, uh, you know, masking and social distancing is one thing, but also doing what you can to, uh, you know, say, double up on your vitamin C or uh, whatever. And uh, particularly, it it seems for some very uh, new research that came out of uh, University of Chicago, a doctor, uh, Martha Rosner, uh, has shown how uh, CBD has uh, really boosted the body's immune system by improving the levels of interferon uh, within us. This is the first line of defense, et cetera. And uh, then, of course, uh, getting good night's sleep certainly helps to clear the brain of uh, toxins that accumulate throughout the day as a whole uh, system within the brain that really helps to flush and clear out these toxins. But the interesting thing is it only activates at night during deep restful sleep that the cerebrospinal fluid is released from the brain's ventricles throughout the brain and it acts like a flushing mechanism, just flushing and taking all these toxins that accumulate throughout the day uh, to the illumination channels. And certainly uh, many people with that good deep restful night of sleep, wake up again feeling uh, refreshed. So there's a great emphasis on the immune system today and certainly uh, supporting it with a good night's sleep and anything you can do to help support that I think is going to be very beneficial. Yeah, it's so interesting to kind of hear all the links and how this all plays into our immune health. I know some recent research that came out found that those who had better sleep reacted better to vaccine. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm certainly not uh, surprised to hear that. Uh, it does uh, really seem that you know, when you, you get the uh, antibodies into your system, you know, if, again, if you're getting good rest and sleep, those antibodies can really penetrate throughout uh, your system and do uh, great things for protection. In fact, while you're uh, sleeping, you do actually develop uh, natural antibodies. And again, they work to protect your body and to clear out any potential harmful invaders or Uh, certainly any uh, infection that might be uh, coming at the body. And uh, of course, uh, sleep has a a tremendous aspect and role in overall health and wellness. It's very, very well under-recognized, and we don't really think of it as being a wonderful aid for overall health and wellness. But truly, if you're not sleeping well at night, you're certainly at greater risk, we believe, for any type of infection, and your immune system is 
probably going to be down. We don't have meters on us that <laughs> register your immune system and your immune defenses. But if we did, certainly uh, you'd find the people that sleep well are going to be uh, registering with that needle very much over to the positive side. Mm-hmm. There aren't any biomarkers out there just yet that tell you if you've got enough sleep in your system, but that would be helpful, right? <laughs> oh, it sure would. Yes. A very, very uh, interesting pattern. Of course, everyone has you know different uh, physiology. Uh, some of us don't necessarily need a tremendous amount of sleep, but for the average person, a good uh, seven to eight hours a night of good, deep, restful sleep uh, makes a huge difference in terms of lifespan, longevity, uh, et cetera. And the, you know, the lighter sleepers uh, generally uh, have a little bit more in the way of health challenges. It's not too hard to make the case for why sleep and immune health is so important. But what about when it comes to explaining the mechanisms of action you know, for things like CBG, CBN, CBD to consumers and, and even lawmakers? Is that difficult? Well, it is to a, a certain extent, of course, being uh, from the cannabis uh, industry. And fortunately, we've had this terrible stigma about uh, cannabis, which really has you know, led you know, to the you know, prohibition of cannabis back from 1937. And many of us have grown up with uh, understanding that uh, cannabis is the most evil pl- <laughs> substance on the planet with no medical use, et cetera. And uh, truly nothing could be uh, further from the truth. Uh, Gosh, back in the era from 1850 to 1937, uh, uh, cannabis was widely used and widely prescribed by doctors for its medical use. Uh, Many large pharmaceutical companies had 20 and 30 different types of uh, cannabis-based medicines. It's kind of a shame we've lost our way a little bit. But once you get into the study and research of the human body's internal endogenous cannabinoid system and know that our bodies actually make our own internal cannabinoids, uh, that you really can start to understand the magnitude of what we're uh, doing here with these, particularly the non-psychoactive cannabinoids can really help support this large health uh, self-regulatory system and move us all to higher levels of overall health and wellness. So these cannabinoids really represent essential and vital nutrients that again, help our bodies to communicate, to function uh, to a much uh, a greater degree. And of course, many people anecdotally have gone from you know, very uh, much experimental use of CBD. And now there are probably 64 million Americans, I think, according to recent research, who are now regular CBD users, ingesting it orally three and four times a day, using it topically two, three, four times a day as well. So certainly there's something uh, beneficial going on and it's, uh, for many people, supporting uh, great levels of health and wellness. Yeah, a lot of people swear by it, and more and more research is coming out. What projects or research are you working on right now? Well, we've recently concluded a wonderful uh, study uh, through our industry, and um, uh, one of our divisions, uh, Canaway, was involved with the Valid Care Group that uh, basically looked at botanical forms of CBD and how they differ from the pharmaceutically developed version. Uh, The FDA really put us up to this task as we were looking to carve out a special pathway for botanical CBD to be recognized as a dietary supplement or an approved food and beverage ingredient. And here, what we did was gather a group of us in the industry who were interested in doing this right and demonstrating the, the benefits of natural botanical CBD. Uh, so we got a thousand plus patients uh, together for this nice study. 839 went all the way through to completion, I believe the number was. And basically we showed here that there is no residual toxicity to the liver or to the brain from using botanical CBD. Now this is separate and uh, 
opposed to what happens when you use the pharmaceutically developed version, which is a semi-synthetic version, and the body reacts to it just a little bit differently. Here you can get elevated levels of toxic liver enzymes and uh, elevated levels of uh, bilirubin, which is another liver marker or indicator. And certainly on the prescribing information facts on the epidiolex, uh, doctors are warned to watch out for these adverse effects with some of the young children. But the nice thing is with the botanical product, you don't have any of these unwanted, unnecessary side effects. And by us being able to show and demonstrate that to our US FDA, we really believe that this is going to make a tremendous difference for them in terms of their future regulation of the industry and hopefully carving out this very nice dietary supplement pathway that we're all very much looking forward to having here in the U.S., which should hopefully double the current market size for CBD. Wow. So that's a pretty big deal because the liver toxicity aspect was a a major sticking point for FDA, right? It has been, uh, and for sure, of course, they only had data on the epidiolics, the pharmaceutically developed version. And uh, so that was one of the big things that came out uh, from our meeting back in May of 2019, that uh, the FDA wanted this data on the botanical CBD. And we now have got together and actually uh, done this, got across the finish line. Similarly, there's a group over in Europe uh, working to develop CBD as a, a novel food and satisfy the health ministers of all the European countries that uh, CBD is safe and non-toxic. And certainly uh, this study is going to go a long way to helping those novel food efforts in the European community as well, where there are a tremendous amount of consumers and certainly as large an audience there as there is here in the U.S., Wow. So that sounds like it's a pretty historical study. When you just look at everything and kind of get your crystal ball out, maybe in five years, what do you hope or what do you expect to see in terms of, you know, the CBD market and also the minor cannabinoids, CBN, CBG? Well, I I certainly think uh, it's going to be continuation of the momentum that the industry has already garnered. And and certainly uh, we're seeing this in the overall cannabis market as well. Uh, We're looking at the potential for the end of cannabis-based prohibition. You know, if you look back in history, we had the prohibition of alcohol from 1919 to 1933. And in that era, of course, this was bad for the economy. It was depression era. And it was interesting to know that before he became president, but uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was a candidate for presidency back in 1932, ran on a platform to legalize alcohol because he thought this would bring back you know, jobs and employment would help restaurants, et cetera. And uh, sure enough, once uh, he became elected president, there was a constitutional referendum that passed in 1933, uh, bringing back uh, the legalization of alcohol. And since then, the alcohol industry has grown tremendously. Currently today, it employs 4.4 million Americans and contributes over 69 billion U.S. dollars to federal, state, and local uh, tax Um, uh, revenue to uh, these uh, various uh, municipalities. So uh, with that, if you can project forward into the overall cannabis arena, and of course, getting uh, the uh, stigma and uh, all the political stuff behind us and getting into the cannabis uh, legalization, certainly, we believe this is going to well outpace anything 
that's happening in the alcohol industry in terms of its overall economic impact. Certainly, many states are legalizing cannabis now just because of the overall economic impact and the tax revenues that accumulate. But certainly, this is also putting great focus on the non-psychoactive cannabinoids and all these minor cannabinoids as well. So it's like a rising tide taking all ships. Uh, we have two or three great things coming along. And the, the nice thing is that when you study the science of this internal endogenous cannabinoid system, and particularly with the non-psychoactive cannabinoids, how they can really uh, support this very, very large self-regulatory system that's involved with just about every physiological process within us, uh, it's just natural that, that people are starting to use these uh, cannabinoids and the science is really supporting it. So I, I couldn't be more excited about the future of the industry. I certainly think the non-psychoactive side is uh, easily looking to double. I think really uh, we're looking at probably 4.1 billion in sales for 2020, according to Brightfield Group. And by 2025, they're looking at over 16 billion. So potentially uh, the market's going to span by as much as four times over the next uh, four to five years. And, you know, you're a Wall Street veteran and having been a bond trader for over a decade. So your opinion really carries a lot of weight there. Um, that's pretty remarkable. Well, I've certainly uh, you know been involved with the industry since the outset, and it's wonderful to see the acceptance by the general public of these uh, non-psychoactive cannabinoids and how this market has really uh, come along so nicely. Uh, you know, a great number of groups are starting to do study and research. Uh, obviously, we've even had an FDA approval on the rare forms of epilepsy. Epidiolex certainly has been a tremendous drug in pharmaceutical. Last year, the uh, pharmaceutical company sold over $500 million worth of products. So good for them, certainly for raising the, the dialogue among the medical community. And recently that company got a $7.2 billion buyout offered by a competing pharmaceutical company. So certainly they see uh, the future and the trends and the intellectual property that uh, the pharma group has and the potential to uh, replace a tremendous amount of medicine. I think uh, one of the great quotes of all time from uh, a well-known Israeli-based researcher, Dr. Raphael McCullum. Many consider him to be the grandfather of cannabis-based uh, medicine. He was the discoverer of the THC molecule back in 1964, identified its uh, chemical structure. And uh, Dr. McCullum says once cannabis is fully researched out, it'll probably replace 40% of all pharmaceutical medications. So uh, certainly you can see what the future might potentially hold. And it's uh, just great to be on this accelerating growth curve right now. And uh, certainly I'm very, very excited, very optimistic about the future for sure. Yeah, the future is very green in, in more ways than one. Well, that, that uh, really, really is. I mean, there, there's so many aspects to it. I mean, gosh, you look at the terrible, unfortunate situation with opioids and painkillers and how you can possibly do things a little bit better with a more natural solution. Uh, you know, no one's ever died from an overdose of cannabis, a uh, natural botanical form anyway. Uh, certainly the receptor sites are in a different part of the brain, et cetera. So uh, there's you know, great potential benefit in many, many fronts. Uh, you know, the new up-and-coming cannabinoid, CBG, cannabigirols, had some great study on uh, MRSA and other uh, bacterial-type infections and shows tremendous promise. Uh, I think some pharmaceutical company probably four or five years from now might actually have some type of an approved medicine uh, for that particular indication. And then again, uh, CBN with its potential sleep indication, um, another ripe avenue for uh, pharmaceutical development. 
Yeah, there's so much potential out there and so much, you know, to keep our eyes on. Well, for sure. And, and certainly, uh, you know, just for the people who want to use a CBD as a, a dietary supplement or health and wellness supplement, we really think uh, this will move you to much higher levels of overall health and wellness and potentially uh, improve your quality of life as well as uh, improve your uh, overall longevity and lifespan. So a lot of research to still come, but uh, at least we're underway with some very nice early stage safety studies to show that, yes, botanical CBD and these botanical cannabinoids, the non-psychoactive cannabinoids, are safe to use and don't confer any intoxicating effects. Mm-hmm. Dr. Stuart Titus, CEO and president of Medical Marijuana, thank you so much for the lesson in science, history, and, and also in economics and uh, for coming here on the NutriCast today. Thank you again, Danielle. Really appreciate the opportunity as always. If you found this podcast interesting, you'll want to join us on Wednesday, May 5th for a webinar focused on the scientific links between sleep and immune function. You can find more information on this free event at NutraIngredients-USA.com. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.